Welcome to Books, Kids, and Creations with Tracy Bloom, a part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. I'm your host, Tracy Bloom, and I feature people who inspire and uplift future generations with their work. It is December, and I am excited to feature a wonderful author out of Illinois, Katie Audi, and she has this beautiful, beautiful book called Every Other Christmas. Thank you, Katie, for being here. Thank you. Hi. Yeah, so I I read your book and I was just I read it a couple times because it's so it's beautifully worded and the illustrations are fantastic. Um, so I really want to talk about well before we get into the book, how you started off as a writer and what your journey has been like so far. Okay. Um, love talking about that. So um, how I started off as a writer, I'm going to be honest, I've always, like for as long as I can remember, loved books. I learned how to read very young, um, like at three. And I have just liked books to the point where it was like the talk of the family. Like if Katie's not reading a book, then what is she even doing? And mm -hmm. so with that came my love of writing. Um, I was writing poetry in like junior high and high school. Professionally, I joined the SCBWI, Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators in 2012 with my first picture book about a boy who likes to fart, seriously. Um, <laughs> and um it just kind of went from there. I started going to conferences, um, volunteering, and just really working hard um, at my craft. So that's kind of the journey. And then 10 years later, I finally got one of my, one of the many manuscripts that I've written picked up. So Yeah. And that's a huge achievement because that process to one, find an agent, and then once you get the agent, then you have to pitch to the publishers and that to get your book picked up is a huge accomplishment. So, yeah, thank you. It was extremely hard. I, I wanted to, I'm not a quitter. I'm so sorry. My eyes like tripping. I'm not a quitter. Um, but there was plenty of times during the querying process that I just was like, this is not for me. It's just mentally draining it's mentally crippling sometimes with the amount of rejection that comes into oh. publishing yeah. uh, which I don't know if people really realize that going in um, but my agent was actually a, my critique group and she I knew her for years before she became an agent and the minute she became an agent she was like I'm not trying to be funny but I really want to represent your work so I was like oh so she only uh, picked up my picture books and then um, there was another agent uh, Tina at the Purcell agency who represented my other work but then everything kind of just went to Bonnie who's my current agent just you know just to make it easier. So she sold every other Christmas as her first project being sold. So it's like oh, literally wow. the gatekeeping was the only thing standing in the way of editors seeing my work. Um, and so as soon as she signed me, she queried uh, every other Christmas or submitted, that's what they call it, um, once you have an agent. And it, it was her first sale. So it's incredible. And you touched on something really big is the amount of rejection that you see and as an author and someone who I'm sure you pour your heart I mean your book is so full of soul and passion and I'm sure that if you see one of those rejections you go oh you know right. and 
And it's like, well, that's my baby, you know, like, how can you not like it? And there's so much of that, that people don't really talk about. Cause I've had some of that. And I went, I don't think I want to do this anymore. You know, like just that moment where you're like, well, how can they not like it? You know? Yeah. It's not even ego for a lot of people. And it can't be for some, it's literally your heart that you yeah. put in a book. Um, and so it's just like, how can you not see the importance, but being on the other side of things, now that I have a small press, you know, I understand like I can't publish everything and, and I do need to, it does need to resonate with me, you know? So, you know, there is the, the, the bias that comes in, like what is, what are your lived experiences and what's going to resonate with you? And that is an issue in publishing, but there's also just like, we're all different in, in how we see things. Yeah. Uh, you know, plays a part in a, in a subjective industry such as publishing. How amazing is that, that you now have your own small press? I mean, that's, that's huge. That's such a big deal. Thank you. It was, it was my desire to give some more opportunities, you know, um, that, that caused me to start Phoenix Media and Books. I just, I really want to partner with people and preferably debuts because it's such a, a, a minefield that you have to navigate. And I, I want to, I'm a helper um, by nature, but um, I, I would love to help people get to the point where they are viable. They have viable careers in this industry. So. it's amazing. Well, let's yeah. jump into your beautiful book, Every Other Christmas. Um, thank you for sending this and the cute little bookmark that came with it. The, the note, I mean, I was, it's so beautiful. Thank how, you. Like, how did you, um, well, what inspired this book, first of all? Because um, so many children today are going to different houses every other Christmas. It's very standard. Um, I, I personally know many people who are going, you know, through a divorce right now and explaining these things to their kids is very challenging. So what what inspired this book? Well, um, I have divorced, you know, I'm divorced from my children's father uh, after a very long marriage. Um, and one of the things that really was hard for me as a mom was just, you know, not having that core unit, right? Um, especially for our holidays. So the year I wrote this, 2017, I'll never forget, it was my Christmas with the kids. And I was like... In, just over the moon. I'm an ENFP. I don't know if that means anything to people, but I am completely like jazz hands whenever I'm um, excited about something. And so I went all out for Christmas. I had all these gifts and I was wrapping everything. And I wound up on Christmas Eve, I got really sick Aww. and I went to the emergency room and um, they admitted me. <laughs> I was admitted to the hospital Christmas Eve and I was just like distraught like are you kidding me you know this is my Christmas with my kids I was just crying and I'm like I you know just can't believe this so the kids wound up actually coming to the hospital on Christmas and seeing me and they were so excited just to see me like they didn't care where we were they were actually loud and we got in trouble but that's another story um and it it hit me like the where and the how and the why doesn't even really matter. It's just the, the time and all these special times that you have with your family, no matter the, the day. Um, that's the most important part. 
And so that's what gave me the idea for every other Christmas is to show the greatness of a hard situation, right? Like this is not easy, but it's not the worst thing that can happen. And so that's what really gave me the idea. And then I just, when they left, I started writing the book in, in the hospital. <laughs> oh, <laughs> isn't it funny how inspiration can come from really challenging situations and you're like play ball uh, you know yeah it's it's and like even this year my youngest son he's not going to get here until the 26th so we're not going to do um you know the celebration or christmas celebration until he's here um yeah. so it's just the way it, it it's the way we roll and family is a big deal to us and a lot of people and I wanted to show like this is this is okay this is yeah. great yeah and and you have um one of the families that you feature is Colombian and yes. you have this wonderful glossary of foods that are traditionally cooked um <sighs> in the back which I thought was really neat I mean you have the um well tamales and buñuelos and all yeah. the Really, really. Uh, arepas. Oh my goodness. So when I wrote this book, I was actually living with a Colombian. Um, and so I was really close to the culture. I'd been there and um there I wanted to showcase their culture as well. Not necessarily because of that relationship, but because of the relationship I had with so many of the people from that country. They're so warm and inviting. And I find that in the media, Colombia does not get the representation it, it deserves, you know. Um, of course, this was written before Encanto came out. So I was really excited when that movie was made because I'm like, yes, like, let's show some communities you know, in positive lights. Yes, they, they have a, a history, but so does the United States and pretty much every other country. So it was it was twofold for me to be able to positively show how warm and inviting and wonderful the people of Colombia are um, and to also positively show a child from two different cultural backgrounds being embraced and loved by both because that's another, I know it sounds like super messagey, right? But it's <laughs> just real life. And this is something yeah. that I've seen a lot of people struggle with was which side of my family do I connect with? Well, what about both? Let's, right. let's, let's do that, you know, so. And your illustrator, I just wanted, so when you said Encanto, I, you know, this page right here, I went, wow like it's the illustrations in this story are so beautiful um yeah. did you have a say in the artwork for it yes oh so here's the thing that I loved about Sky Pony Press I had always heard that when you get picked up by a publisher they choose the illustrator and you don't get a say in how your book looks and that's been a fear of mine um but they asked me immediately, did I have someone in mind? So uh, Samantha uh, Winkler was someone that I knew for my writing group. And she lived in Belleville when we met, uh, or she we met in Belleville, which is where our critique groups were. But she had moved to California. Uh, but she, she was the one who, you know, Sky Pony, went ahead and chose, I'm sorry, I'm losing my words. She's the one who Sky Pony chose to do the illustrations and she did work closely with me. So the people in the book are, are fashion on the African-American side after members of my family. Aww. So I am going to show pictures on my, on my social media of the people who are in the book. 
She took pictures that I gave her from Columbia. She took pictures of things in my mom's house, like the nutcrackers everywhere. My mother has nutcrackers uh, everywhere from a Christmas gift that I gave her. And she was like, I love this. And then she went nuts and bought a bunch of them. Um, so those are very special uh, touches to Columbia scenes. I sent her pictures from Sand Hill um, in Columbia where I went and um, they do have like fireworks and a lot of the times they, you know, uh, all of these, these images are definitely um, a collaborative uh, effort on my part. And, and she took that and made it her own. Like I didn't tell her what to do. I just showed her, Hey, these are some things for inspiration. Even some of the ornaments on the tree, like these are things that my kids made over the years that my mom kept oh. and so she was extremely caring about how she incorporated those things but the illustrations were all her ideas she just took what I gave her and, and she did a beautiful amazing job so yes well and you talk about the the feeling that you get look just looking at the two different Christmas trees in the book and you do such a great job describing each one and you go oh like you talk about the little glass and crystals all over the Colombian family's tree and it just you know she did such a good job and you did such a good job describing Thank and you. setting the scene yeah I find Colombia to be bright and airy and um I I I was amazed at how you know, the elements are like part of your home, you know, there's open ceilings and, and things like that. And it was, it was just inspiring to me. And I was like, how can I describe this? <laughs> you know, so it's different, right? It's a different yeah. way of living, but it's just still beautiful. And so I wanted to showcase that this child is enjoying both of these environments, both of these families, both like all of it as an <laughs> integral part of both. So yeah. And I like that you describe the food at each at each house too, because I went, oh, I want to enjoy that food. Oh, that sounds good. You know? <laughs> you know, food is like a big deal for everybody's celebration that I know. Yeah. Um, and one of the things in our family we laugh about is like how much food. Like, you know, we are not traditional as African Americans. We we eat everything at holidays. Like Thanksgiving is not just turkey here. It's turkey and ribs and fried chicken. And like, who's bringing a ham? I'm going to bring some catfish. Like, it's just like, we just do the most. Like, we call it the most. We do the most. And so it's it's literally hilarious. Um, but as for the Colombian side, I definitely took um, some of my favorite foods um, and incorporated how they prepare and how they do things. Uh, well, from the family that I I knew, so yeah. it was exciting. And their food does play, as I say in the book, a flavor song in my mouth. Like, yes, <laughs> it's the, it's the... <laughs> you just you just have a wonderful way with words. You can really tell the poet poetic background too. Oh, yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah. I love poetry and music, which is poetry. So yeah, yeah. Um, and then I saw that you have another book coming out. 2023 yes right? yes yeah um the magic box is a book that i wrote a long time ago it's an adventure imaginative adventure story um about a child who thinks his paper box is magic and he goes on all these adventures and it just came from like children who 
you know, you buy all these things for it and all they want to do is play with the box, right? Yeah. So um, I'm actually working on that in another project. I hope that I can get them both out in 2023. We'll see. But the magic box is being illustrated by my daughter. So I'm super excited, uh, but she's newer. So I'm like, I may have to push it to 2024, but I'm like, this is a project that is dear to my heart because I get to work with my daughter on it. That's so um, yeah, and then there's another book that I've got uh, working on called Katie Can't Draw. <laughs> so you can it's a, it's a comedy about a little girl who loves to draw but she can't, and that's me. Like I love art, but I I'm the worst. Like I cannot draw. Same, same. At all. <laughs> you know, you you hear all these people who are like, I'm an author illustrator, you know, and it's like I've tried that, and it is horrendous and I'm like well that's Bad. not my thing no, but you know what I am gonna do some of the illustrations because you know Katie can't draw so it's gonna it's gonna be a thing and, and we'll see how that turns out but I, I give everyone permission to laugh at, at what's gonna come from that so that's amazing it's such a good way to showcase that too yeah yeah but there will be nice illustrations and it'll be a cold, a joint effort for sure. <laughs> so. Very cool. Well, when those come out, we'd love to have you back on and have those, you know, featured and talk about those too. They sound incredible. Okay. I would love to do that. Thank you. Well, Katie, I am, I have really enjoyed speaking with you today. Um, I will post a link to your website where people can look at your um, this book and then keep in the know for your future books that come out. Um, so thank you so much for being here today. And I always ask everyone who comes on the show, what words of wisdom do you have for future generations? Um, love yourself. That's the biggest thing. I think the biggest problems that we have is that we don't accept the love who we actually are. Uh, we want to conform and be like other people. Love yourself. Love the skin you're in. Love the eyes you have. Love your hair. Love your body. Love your your life. And make it the best that you can make it. Do the things that you that resonate in your heart. And that's how you leave the biggest mark, not only on others but for yourself. So that's, that's what I have for you because it took me a very long time to learn that. And um, now that I've embraced who I am in every way, my life is just, it's, it's not that much different, but it's so much better. So, yeah, I, every time I ask this question to people, I feel like the words of wisdom are just so powerful and I'm like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll apply <laughs> that, you know, and it's, you know, and it's for adults too, not just the little yeah. ones. Yeah, for adults too, because a lot of us are still trying to learn that, you know. Exactly. We all have a place and we all contribute something. And so I don't think any one contribution is less than the other. And I think we learned that with COVID, you know, all of a sudden, a lot of the jobs and the people that so many people may not have looked up to, um, they were essential, you know. Um, and and you realize that we all play this role in this coming together and connecting together and you have to respect that you have to respect the person that picks up your trash just as much as the person who holds your hand in a hospital you need to respect that because without each other what do we have and that's the community and the love and so love who you are and love where you're at and love your potential but love where you are right now and you know I think that if we did more of that 
it would it would resonate and it would spread you yeah. know yes <laughs> wonderful <laughs> wisdom and um i'm so happy that i got to meet you and thank you so much for sharing your book i i could see this being in so many places and uh it's just a wonderful piece of work so thank you so much katie thank you thank you for having me i appreciate it